0: To update outside of active hours okay cool what is up guys how's it going
1: oh fan friggin tastic
0: all right so uh it is a pleasure to have you both here for those of you who are live hello we will start the 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 show show in like two seconds i just wanted to make sure everything show is good show. one last check um sorry if the chat boxes look all screwed up I was going to use a program that like unified all the chats together into one to make my life easy and it didn't work. So this was a last minute solution. Um, Lyle, a couple of other you and YouTuber here. It's great seeing you guys. I know we haven't done a live show in forever. Thanks for coming out though. I really appreciate it. And you know what? We'll just live that. Oh, it's Tim. Hello, Tim It has been a minute brother. Okay, so, Brian, this will be your second time back, but this is the first time you'll be on YouTubes and everything. Last time we were just streaming to float, so why don't you go ahead, say your hellos. Hello, everybody.
1: everybody. Thank you for joining us. Um, Should be a good show.
0: And nextly, we have from the highly acclaimed Young Bucks series of episodes the venerable Derek. How are you doing, my friend?
2: Doing well. Doing Good, well. Good to be with you.
0: So, uh, why don't you uh, catch everybody up on uh, what's been happening with you since the last time you were on? Any exciting adventures in the land of Derek? Uh,
2: nothing too crazy. Rona's kind of made it a uh, a long but short year. So, haven't been too, doing too much to start a new job recently. but
0: No, that is fair. Know i I completely understand a hundred percent. I am in pretty much the exact same boat, so um i I totally get it, yeah uh so now that we're all here, why don't we go ahead and say what we're drinking tonight? We'll go in the same order, you two, and then i'll I'll do mine.
1: oh boy, all right, we got the virus, and I got the premiere
0: there we go, the <laughs> we premier got that corona lines. baby. <laughs> got the oh, nice uh i went um i went much cheaper significantly less classy and we're doing the uh, the big old bud light here so <laughs> that's been
1: f- your thing lately huh the tall boys
0: yeah yeah low calories and it's the first thing when i go into the gas station it's right it's like literally like 10 feet from the door so i just grab up. two of these and pull them out and good to go but this is like the big, biggins. This ain't just like the tall boy, or maybe it is technically. I don't remember what how many ounce qualifies as a tall boy. Like Sixteen
2: or something. Uh, what yeah. is it cancer, actually?
0: It's a biggin. I could if I hit someone yes. just hard enough with it, I could I could do some damage. Like it's as big as my head. Like it's not small. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: Opposite of the PP. Ah.
0: Uh. Yeah, you guys have already started. I'm, I'm just now going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Derek, I asked you to come on here to come and give basically a, a recap of 2016 to 2020, mostly highlights. We're not going to go through every big news story. We'd be here all week. But um, just kind of looking at the political landscape of 2016 to 2020 and now moving forward into the biden kamala presidency maybe question mark we'll see (laughs) yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that later that's more of like a fun topic kind of wrapping all this up than it is a serious one but i mean it is pertinent it is in the news cycle so i figure we might as well talk about it but um why don't we start again we'll start with you brian um if you had to explain to somebody what changed from 2016 to 2020 in america what would you what would you say how would you vocalize that
1: as far as the political landscape
0: yeah like how did we go from a trump 2016 to a biden 2020 what what made that happen
1: i mean i feel like there's a lot of factors Mm -hmm. i mean and i feel like that's kind of two different questions as far as what's changed and what led to biden being elected I guess I guess they're intertwined in ways but different in others. Um first with the change, I would say what's changed is just the political landscape especially on the Republican side is that it's essentially Trump is now the gatekeeper of the Republicans and basically the only way to to get it is to pay your shillings to King Trump and get through, or let him get elected once more, and hopefully he leaves it alone. Um, On the Democratic side, I think it's... I I think a lot of people see it as fed up against Trump, and wanting just any Democrat to get in there, and that Biden was the one who was chosen by the DNC, mostly because he's going to keep the status quo going, and keep the rich... People happy, yada yada. Probably gonna warhawk, um, but I think the big thing is people want to return to not seeing the president say exclamatory things every week. Mm. I think people want a president that just keeps his mouth shut, and we just we just keep on flowing. Like we're in America. Most of us aren't starving. Like we just don't want to be outraged every every week. You know we want to, we want the river to be calm. I think that's what a lot of people want, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I could totally see that. I I definitely could. I I agree with a lot of what you said actually, but uh, let's go ahead and pass the torch over to you, Derek. Um, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are.
2: Yeah. um, I definitely agree with quite a bit of what Brian said there. Um, I think really in 2016, uh, we were still at a point where like populism was on the rise, like anti-PC sentiment was on the rise, that kind of thing. The culture war, the flames of that have been going well since the 90s into the 2000s, sort 10s. And I think the edge of social media has only, you know, been a multiplying force for that. And that's definitely the era we're kind of still living in now. Um, but then again, kind of like uh, Clancy was saying, I think what, the 2020 election came down to was what people were like tired of and what they were looking for. And like, like you said, like Trump constantly like raised the temperature on any issue he wanted to. And, you know, that's just kind of, I think his, his MO was to be offensive and people got sick of it after a while with the gas and just the, the controversy after controversy. And then I will say though, I think, he was on a path to reelection until probably spring, uh, when COVID really hit hard and, uh, people, I feel like people didn't on either side feel good about the way the government handled any of it. Um, and you know, we're still kind of in a shitty situation despite the vaccine coming out now. But, uh, I think the economy Trump had in the spring probably would have carried him to reelection without, you know, everything that went wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and all Biden really had to do was just not say anything too stupid and, you know, form a coherent sentence, which, you know, he pulled it off. So
1: I mean, he barely did that, but yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he got there, but that's literally all it took was like, and it kind of was like 2016 in the sense like you weren't voting for something, you were voting against something. And yeah. that can be a motivating factor for a lot of people. And I think in, in, this case like people were just you know exhausted with the news cycle and everything like you said
0: yeah okay so just to kind of like tighten put all that in a little bundle in like 10 words or less you think a lot a lot of it had to do with anti-trump sentiment mostly with like the changing of the landscape
2: yeah mostly because i don't think biden would have had enough of a unifying message without that
1: you know what i'll do you six better i'll do four words all right Mm -hmm. trump bad biden
2: Different. Orange man, bad. (laughs) Sleepy Joe, sad. (laughs) (laughs) When he doesn't get to sniff.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: they're serious. Yeah. Uh, So I I feel like it's I I feel like I should put my cards on the table because we haven't talked in a while, and uh, since then I think I've I've you know when. When I when the last time we talked, I was like a constitutionalist minarchist, like very far right. Like I would have supported a Republican candidate over a Democratic. I consider myself politically interested, but apolitical at this point. I don't really align with either party. I'm not a libertarian either. Um, not not at all. But I, you know, I have my own personal philosophies and everything. So I felt like that's pertinent just to, so that if all the cards are laid out so that, you know, I'm not going to be like playing ball for either team this time, which is one thing I I look back on the episode we did last time. And I felt like I was, I felt like I was playing for a team when I listened to it. So I wanted to make that clear. Like I I really,
2: and I I can't, I feel like I've drifted that way as well, where it's like, like I sympathize with a lot of factions politically, but also like, I'm not willing to die on certain Hills, you know, like I'll just that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah, I just wanted to air that out. But one thing. Uh, so one thing you guys both brought up that I think is important that we can just let's just talk about it and get it out of the way kind of thing. Coronavirus. Right. So do you guys think what what exactly about the coronavirus do you guys think was the, the push towards Biden? Because you both kind of mentioned that as factors that could mitigate Trump's supporting base. And so I, I'm curious, do you think it's the government response or do you think it would have happened regardless? Like because there's a certain idea that no matter who's in charge, this was pretty much going to happen to some level. Right. And does the magnitude by which it happened modify that is, I guess what I'm getting at. So what what are your thoughts on that? We can start. Do you want to go
2: first Eric, or do you want me? I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, right. I think. Uh, the reason it hurt Trump so much, like to some extent there was an inevitability, like it was going To harm the economy it's harming economies all around the world but i think the fact that like he he did things like dismantling the pandemic response team like obama had before and then he downplayed the virus and then stuff comes out later where he's talking about uh with bob woodward like it's pretty serious or whatever so like he as a strategy he he tried to publicly downplay it i think turning the masks into a political culture thing was a terrible idea. Like you should have just deferred to public health officials. And and the messaging on that was already confusing enough when you had like Fauci saying, Oh, you don't need them this month. But then two weeks later, like <laughs> certain areas, you very well might need to wear a mask in an indoor setting, something like that. Um, And then I think just optics wise too, like, Trump got COVID after Republicans got COVID in the ceremony for the Supreme Court justice. And they're celebrating that. Uh, and in terms of the economic response, like people are, you know, trying to make ends meet. We already had kind of a rent crisis going into it. And it's only getting worse as we speak, really. Um, and now they're even talking about like the 600 uh, checks, as opposed to like, I guess they did the 1200, right, in, in the spring. But Last time, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think people kind of saw that and then they saw the shit like uh the was it a trillion dollars in liquidity just like thrown into the stock market for a bailout and then people i feel like people felt there was so much confusion in with literally 50 states doing 50 different things the federal government wasn't really taking charge of that and just kind of being like no don't worry like go shop and like people really didn't know what to believe, and I think that that haunted him. And then Biden didn't do anything too crazy to a lot of people, to the average voter. I think he was just like, "Yeah, I'm wearing a mask and not go to big rallies and shit," and that was enough for people. I think.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely the lack of taking charge from the federal government definitely like led to a worse response to the virus overall. And yeah, just the lack of unity between Republican and Democratic governors between states having drastically different ideas and and when people see that, people see lack of unity between leaders, it's like, oh, this is all just bullshit. Like this is retarded. Like why are we why am I wearing masks on this state line, go 20 miles the other way, I don't have to wear a mask. This is this is yeah. silly and ridiculous. Whereas if everyone united was like, no, wear your masks, take it seriously. Like, you could probably even could still go to your. Right now, you know? like,
2: what was it? Be, we could be going to baseball games right now. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, not, for real. Not now, but you know, in like the fall. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But yeah, at least a lot more quickly than what we're trending to right now. For
2: sure.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the lack of unity is one of the biggest things. And I think, I feel like it was Trump's administration's idea was more so to do uh damage control politically than it was to damage control uh, like medically and against the actual virus it was more so let's like like banning travel from china initially and then it was like oh we need a real back we can't yeah. we can't just like 100% close down borders even though that may have been better you for the disease
2: that, right like
1: <laughs> yeah yeah right but yeah, I feel like it was much more about saving face politically than it was uh helping Americans, and I think in the end that was his doom.
0: Okay, I yeah, I could definitely see that. I just wanted to say for people in the comments, we're looking at this from the perspective of the American like the the quasi-American voter, the the monolith that is the American voting block, right? Yeah, uh not so Not
2: necessarily are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you in in the comments may not see any of this this way, but I think pretty much everything everybody said is very much in line with like any sort of moderate and even a lot of, you know, if we want to go into the nuances of it, even a lot of fringe people hold a lot of these positions. So, but yeah, no, I think you guys both did a really good job of summing it up. Uh, I think one of the, one of the other things is that, that I think, maybe was kind of hinted at, but being locked up, you know, even if you thought it was the right thing to do was hard on a lot of people and people were looking for something to blame, in my opinion, you know, whether you think it's Donald Trump's fault or not, there's somebody out there who legitimately believed when they went to go vote that like everything terrible that has happened to the coronavirus is his fault. And, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna make a claim one way or another right now, but Uh, Yeah, I think we should at least give a little bit of time before we start making super broad claims like that. But I could definitely see where that kind of position would come from. And that, I think, is a large part of why, you know, it's they had to they wanted to focus this somewhere and maybe shaking up the system was the way I, I could see a lot of people switching from Republican to Democrat like that is basically what I'm getting at. So, no, yeah, but I think I think what you guys both said is really good. So. Now that we've talked about all of these things that have kind of led up to 2020, I think we can kind of sort of, oh, actually, before we go on, I wanted to bring up one more thing. How much do you guys think by the time all this rolled around and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Supreme Court uh, hearings were before the election, right? For the uh, nomination of a new Supreme Court justice whose name I don't remember. Right. Yeah. A- ACB or something. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. Coney Barrett, I think that's her name.
0: Yeah.
1: I just She's, remember her face, blonde female,
0: right? Mar- Mary Sue Justice. Yeah. Mary um, Sue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys think that uh, that had any sort of do you think any last minute voters would have been like, okay, well this is just this is the the hill that I die on, I guess or whatever and they they swapped their votes?
2: I think that's possible. Um I think it might have it might have been seen by some in bad taste the way that like, they blocked Obama appointees, and then, like, before an election, they they try, they try to shove that through, and that also, you know, took energy away from, like, Congress getting together and doing stuff about, uh, you know, corona and healthcare and things like that that people need. Um, so, I don't think that swayed that many people, though. I think people had probably decided, like, by midsummer...
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was more of a bad optic than it was a deciding factor. Yeah. people Because I feel like, I don't know, front, especially being related to a lot of Trumpies, um, <laughs> hardcore, too. Fucking.
0: Trumpettes, dude.
1: If my mom liked <laughs> tattoos, she'd have a fucking Trump tattoo, let me tell you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't see that as a big enough factor to sway voters.
0: Yeah. I think this was one of those seasons where, you know, and I think we've said this for the last like 50 years probably, but you know, it really felt like once the nominees were selected, pretty much everybody knew who they were voting for already. And there wasn't a whole lot you could do to sway one way or another. Like once Joe Biden was selected, pretty much everybody was like, all right, okay. I I know who I'm going to throw my hat in with. I can't think of a single person and granted, I have a sample size of maybe 20, 30 people that I've talked to about before and after, you know, but I can't think of a single person that's changed their opinion one way or another. Like, oh, I was going to vote Biden and then I voted Trump or vice versa. Um, seems like everybody was pretty consistent. Like you said, around midsummer, they they just all kind of knew um, who they were yeah. voting for.
2: I think that the swing directors do exist, but like. I think it's a well documented fact that like people that voted for Obama twice voted for Trump. Not that many, but you know, like there are people that can be swayed certain ways by messaging, but I think Trump probably did lose some of his support, but his core support definitely stayed there. And I and ultimately, like, like Brian said, he I think he did and still probably does have a grip on the Republican Party.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it was I think similar to the 2016 election. This was another election of well at least if you get what I mean. It was well at least Hillary's not Trump. Like, well at least Trump is an outsider or yeah. well at least Joe isn't racist, which is like eh, he locked up more black people than Trump <laughs> ever would ever could dream of. But, yeah. I
0: yeah, I think I, one of the things that I always talked about before the election was that Trump losing his political outsider status, I think, did more damage to him than anybody realized. Um, just because that was that was a huge 2016 selling ticket. I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman. And it's like, well, it turns out now you're a politician. So, you you know, you can't really be like, oh, I'm just the president. I'm not a politician. Like we've watched you for however many years. You're a politician. And I think losing that lost um, a lot of that independent voter base that he managed to pull last time. Uh, not that he had a massive share of independence in 2016, but he had an even worse in the last election. So I, I don't, again, you know, we're, we're kind of speculating here at this point, but that's part of the fun of it. All right. So, yeah. Uh, so if you guys are, if you have anything else to say,
2: uh, what's that? Yeah. I, I think that's interesting, though. I wonder if people see him as still, like, there are people, who I think, who are in the, in their bubble, and they, like, stay in that bubble, and they're convinced Trump's draining the swamp or whatever, but then there's others who might look at his cabinet picks and, like, how cozy he is with, you know, some top Republicans who have been corrupt for years and, or, for example, the way he was cozy with top Democrats in the past and shit like that, and maybe think twice about it, like, Maybe this guy's a con man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Which, which then it begs the question: comparing. So yeah, Trump was cam- coming in as a businessman, not a politician. I'm an outsider. It's like, what's the difference? Like, yeah. a businessman yeah. is selling his product is selling his product, whatever. Let's say shoes is making the best shoe he possibly can to please his customers. A politician is just selling himself the best way he can to please his voters. It's all the same
2: shit. The way the way he did it in twenty sixteen too was like hilarious and authentic and also disturbing, I guess, depending on your point of view. But like yeah You can't you can't you can't act like he didn't wreck everyone in the primary and just like totally take charge, you know. Oh but my I think God, he, lost, yeah. he lost that magic, like oh dude the debates this time around were even weirder, I think, almost. I, I well, would just in a bad way, too. The, yeah, like, just yeah. crazy.
0: Like. That's that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I, I'll just flat out call them worse. They were not good. Yeah. Um, we, oh, man. I, we did live uh, coverage over here for fun, oh, mostly, because yeah. there was no analysis. And I, I on the not second one, no, on the second one, I was like, listen, bring your own beer, because this is going to be. You know, we're all just going <laughs> to sit here and drink and laugh, basically. So we've got some yeah, great man. clips out of it, though. The, the, the will you shut up, man, GIF, Like that one's yeah. infinitely useful. You know,
2: very memeable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very and sweat, sweaty, sweaty, messed up Trump just interrupting every single sentence. <laughs> <laughs> like, like well, at much least much against much. Hillary. Sorry, what? A well, little
2: too much to that,
1: to Yeah, right at least against Hillary, he would, like, pick his moments and, like, get his jab in and, like, lay back. Whereas with he this, it was it. just... Yeah, yeah. Whereas this Whether time it was, was just, guy, it was, like, a gotcha moment for, me, for yeah. sure. You'd but just
2: talking joke. over someone doesn't have, you know, the same effect in debate.
0: Poor 100%. Yeah. yeah. He was trying yeah. to manufacture it this time. I think, like you said, it kind of, it kind of, like... Hillary wrote her own zingers, honestly, and not that Biden didn't, but that it was a lot harder to like really push them. Like,
2: well, he tried to like shit on Hunter Biden. And I think people were like, Oh dude, like if you're shitting on him for having a drug addict son. Like you kind of look like a dick man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: oh man. Yeah. And I just will I mean, you know, we can move on after this, but now that we brought it up, um, Regardless of what was on those, you know, you remember the laptop thing, it's still going on, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it started before the election, it's still going on. The dude was on Fox, I can't remember his name, Bob Bobolinsky or whatever. Uh, yeah, and I think that that was, if that was like a, regardless of if it's true or not, if publicizing it like this was an attempt to gain Trump support, like, I don't know who was going to see that and be like, oh. I'm going to vote for Trump now. Um,
2: Yeah. It's the whole email thing over again, like, replayed.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for this time, it was, like, a lot less worse. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Rona kind of overshadowed everything, I feel like. Like, It was like, we don't really fuck about this.
1: Yeah. Which then it was, like, the emails with Hillary was the actual candidate like doing yeah, the I think
2: that did probably impact it because no one really trusted Hillary and like in that at, what was it with uh Comey releasing stuff like right before the election? I think that probably swayed a few people.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then yeah, I guess I guess is that just Comey just doing his job? I guess at that point it was. Just it seems like
2: timing, like
1: yeah. Well, because it's like, throughout Trump's election, it seems as if Comey can't stand Trump. Yeah. You know, kind of. Doesn't want. Does. Yeah. And then it was like yeah. Trump just bashed the shit out of him. And he's like, well, now I'm never going to try to help you out.
0: Well, he definitely put his foot in his mouth, Comey. Like, he, it was very, even during the hearings, like, oh, yeah. when he when he got pressed on some of the things that he said, he was like, oh, probably shouldn't have said that, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> He, he kind of dug his own grave on that one, I think, a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, that definitely had for sure had an impact on the 2016 election to some degree. But so now that we've kind of taken 2016 through 2020 and kind of hit the high notes and the low notes of what could have led to the Biden-Kamala Harris presidency that we have now, what are you guys looking at? From 2020 going forward. Now, we're we're in full-blown speculation territory. We're only going to be able to really go off of what people have said and what we see, but that's fine. We're just here to play political analyst. So uh, whoever wants to start, I'm curious what you think uh, 2020 through 2024 is going to shake up like.
1: Well, the corona vaccine is going to give everybody... Super mutant zombie Aids.
0: Oh, there we and, go. <laughs> I was, and I was Kamala waiting for
1: Harris is going to cut Biden's head off at a press conference and assume power. Oh and then Yeah, so she's gonna use her her mutant hybrid zombie cyborg army to then take over the world. Okay. Boom. Wow. Not actually... even a bold prediction. That's exactly what's gonna happen.
0: Honestly,
2: with the way twenty twenty's gone, that seems like we're on course for that. So <laughs> Yeah. Locker <laughs> room.
0: I saw a video of uh of her eyes blinking sideways. So you know, it never, you know, Blizzard who knows? Lizard confirmed. What? confirmed. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you guys think V was just a TV show? It was a documentary. All right. That's a that's a reference. Well, I don't know if a lot of people will get. Oh, did I just date myself? Cyberpunk? No, no, no. V is a. Uh, it was a TV oh. show about aliens that come to Earth and they're lizard people, but they make it seem like they're basically humans and they can like, oh, we're, we can cure all your diseases and, and then they eat people.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, once I heard V, I thought of cyberpunk. So, yeah, I thought of like or some
2: shit.
0: no, no, it was a really old TV show. that got remade in like 2008, nine, something like that. Yeah, it was a long Geesh,
1: that was Yeah. That was pretty niche.
0: Yeah, it was pretty niche. I'm good at those. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Keep this train rolling forward. We'll just cruise on <laughs> past that one. Um, okay. All right. So, okay. So, all right. We're going to pretend. Yeah, we were going to pretend Brian was serious there and skip him. He's lost his turn. Oh, I, I I don't know. He
2: might have been like.
0: I, it's possible. Look at that face. It's uh, not a lion man's face.
2: It it really is hard to say. I think what's gonna happen in the next four years. Um, yeah, like the corona vaccine is gonna come out, and hopefully she will get normal. And by the time it's the midterms, I feel like we're not gonna be in great shape as a country. But hopefully, like the economic recovery will at least be underway. I I kind of feel like Democrats are gonna lose the Georgia runoffs. I just probably in my gut. That's what I'm guessing will happen. Even though those those two are just objectively shitty politicians, I think. Not that the Democrats are fucking golden child people either, but, you know. The, weren't those the two that did, like, the inside stock trading shit when- Yeah. Right when corona happened? So like, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a lot more pessimistic about the future of this country politically, especially when, like, almost a third of one party won't accept the election results. And that's not to say that that shit doesn't go both ways because that whole fucking he's not my president, and like, that type of shit. That was going on for a while, too. So, like, the culture wars are gonna keep raging and social media and all that crap is only gonna amplify it and all this, whatever the fuck it is, Russian bots, you name it. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I feel like the temperature is hopefully gonna cool down in this country and shit won't get worse. Um... But I don't know. The pessimist in me feels like we're not at we're not we're not really close to the light at the end of the tunnel yet. And then fucking Trump might run again in 2024 too. So
0: yeah, I don't
2: know. we'll see.
0: It's funny you brought up the Russian bots. I I prefer the Chilean meme farmers personally, but the Russian bots are good. <laughs> um, go. They do yeah. their job, though. Yeah, they Get those are. These- yeah, the niche memes. There we go. Um, man. Yeah. So, okay. So, something we didn't talk about. So, we're going to kind of take a step back to take a step forward. Kind of the social unrest that we've seen over the last, let's just say, five, six months. Really, June, right, was when it all kind of really kicked off. And then we had the uh, the uh, Chaz and all that stuff kind of pushing through all the way into the fall which then it kind of petered out. Right. So we had the big, long string of protests, social unrest. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think so? There's a lot of people who are worried that kind of a precedent has been set and that these people have kind of been enabled to provoke social unrest. And I'm just kind of curious what y'all's opinion on that going forward is. I know a lot of people are pessimistic on both sides, and I'm just curious where you guys stand on this personally.
1: Stand on the social just, unrest in general? Yeah. Or?
0: Like how we're how we're going forward from here.
2: Yeah.
1: Um yeah, I think I think like kind of what Derek was saying before the question was even asked, is that Biden can at at the very least lower the temperature and kinda calm everybody the fuck down. Um I think the biggest thing is I mean like Americans are should be allowed to protest and protest on anything you feel is wrong. Fuck yeah, that's your right. When you start destroying people's private property, that's when it goes too fucking far. Yeah. Like like I would even go as far as to say like in Minneapolis, like if they felt like burning down the police station, like after the cops basically like evacuated, like, okay, yeah, you show you showed how fed up you were with the police. Awesome.
2: When you start burning down a fucking target, yeah. what are you doing?
0: Yeah, like, no, I, I, I definitely understand I where you're coming work
2: the shops, you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, sure. Target it,
2: can absorb it, it, that blow, it but it fucks local businesses up at the same time. Like, yeah,
1: Nancy and John down the road—they're bankrupt for life now. And
2: can I, can I jump in there? Yeah,
0: yeah. go for it.
2: Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff that's been happening has been festering for a while and like hasn't been addressed and I think we all know this like the further you go back the worse it gets in terms of the way like my minorities in this country were treated and we're still not totally there like and, and kind of a, to a point you brought up about Biden um I'm not so sure Biden will be able to stop all of it because I think like take the the Rodney King incident with you know the LA riots was that I believe Clinton was in office then right or am yeah. I wrong there yeah he
0: was yeah
2: so like situations like that I think can snowball incredibly quickly like the George Floyd incident obviously terrible gross injustice everyone can see it like right in front of their face but what happens there is you go from people actually trying to protest peacefully to it's seemingly the only way the police know how to respond is with force and they escalate shit and make it worse. And then that, you know, snowballs and snowballs all of a sudden you have like a de facto lawlessness in different parts of the city. And that inevitably leads to opportunism and looters and all sorts of bad actors and like the clashing of like fucking Antifa and the Proud Boys, you name it. Uh, it just creates an environment where the temperature's already been raised, and that stuff becomes more and more likely. But it – so that's what I'm worried about is that I'm not I, – I hope Biden takes, like, some of these reforms seriously about police because if none of that shit gets addressed the next time there's a, a shooting of an unarmed black guy, for example, like, there will be justified anger, and that will kind of get out of control because just – shit has not been changed for so long and and like it and police reform like regardless of your race should be a fucking thing everyone's fighting for like you and shouldn't you want the government to be you know I know you agree with me on that shit yeah don't you know don't have shit.
0: to convince me you don't have to convince me about that yeah. no fucking doubt about it um, so nothing... I, I
2: hope it gets fixed because if it doesn't like it's not going to happen overnight but like this sh- stuff needs to change with like the types of situation cops are asked to deal with, uh, which I personally, I think, like, someone who pays attention to what's happening on the left, too, I don't like the phrase defund the police. I don't think it's a a marketable phrase. I know that sounds like the wrong way to approach it, but I, I, I get the idea of it, though, that you should be allowing different professionals to deal with the situations we're asking the police. Like, they sh- probably shouldn't be trying to deal with even some domestic violence situations and like drug abuse and those types of things. You should have social workers and qualified people that can deescalate those situations instead of a guy who's got more firearm training than he does deescalation training, you know? like Yeah.
1: Yeah. There should be more. The... Sorry. You're good. Yeah.
2: No, there I should just be... think it should be reprioritized essentially.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. There should be supplementation, to what the cops currently provide. And then it's like, if you want to talk about defunding the police, you then have to speak about the service that the police are currently providing needs to be then replaced by some sort of private or other organization, because it's like, people are going to have to respond to these certain situations that firefighters and EMTs aren't equipped to provide, to provide help in that situation. Like, Nobody's yep. out here asking to defund EMTs and firefighters, but it's like they can't do it fucking all. Like, guy yeah. with a knife in a park trying to shank people, like, nobody wants to deal with that shit, but somebody has to. The cops
2: you know? will deal with that shit, but let's, you know, like, let's not make their job even harder, you know? True,
1: or like, ruins ruin some dude's life who decided to become a cop, yeah. and he but has to like, know. blast some guys losing his like shit in the park.
2: Trained. Yeah, like, they're trained to use force to stop bad actors in society and they're you know supposed to keep the peace but then we ask them to do all sorts of other shit that they're just you know not really qualified to be doing frankly and so you know making what's the old phrase like you can't i don't know put a square peg in a round hole that kind of shit it's not a good idea to just have ask the police to handle everything
0: uh, I, you I,
1: can't put lipstick on a pig
0: <laughs> there we go I, I do oh want to keep going on this this train <laughs> but I wanted to address one of the comments that uh, just stuck out to me and it asked, uh, what do you think about the new Space Force soldiers being called Guardians I think that's fucking hilarious um, it's kind of awesome Guardians really like that's, that's oh I'm Guardian first class more hello there God, it's so cringe. Jesus. Halo is
2: also a documentary.
0: Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Dude. I just wanted to get that out there. I don't I don't know. I just wanted to throw that quip out real quick because it stood out to me. I I was reading that actually either yesterday or this morning, whenever they announced it. And I was like, wow, that's lame. You know, like wow. I guess it's better than Space Cadets, but still, I mean Yeah.
2: That
0: was uh, taken. So <laughs> me me as the extreme psychophant that I am, uh, you know, I actually got a little excited when they were saying defund the police. I was like, okay. It's like, AOC, this is something I can agree with you on. You know? Um, And I get it 100% uh, why they pivoted super hard. Because they, if you want to lose the moderates, you say defund the police. If you want to make yourself look like a super fringe way out there, political extremist, you say to fund the police. Um, And I think, you know, like they're, they're using a lot of other terms now, like redistribution. And it's all pretty much talking about the same thing. Um, But I I do agree with the core sentiment that police are highly aggressive, over-empowered, tyrannical in most cases, uh, and definitely need some, Reality checks for a whole, whole lot of them, but, uh, I, like, I, I very much so agree with, uh, what you said, Derek, that I think that the president doesn't get to decide where the social unrest comes from. Um, the social unrest is created by situations, not by political environments, really. So But I I do think some people thought, like, maybe if we get Biden in, like, we can push some of this through. But I don't think it'll be fast enough. And even if it is fast enough, something will happen. Someone won't have their, you know, like, we pretty much every state. Yeah, pretty much every state has, like, body cam laws now. How many times have we seen, oh, my body cam wasn't on? You
2: know, Boston thing you sent to me, Clancy?
1: Yeah, yeah. I just saw a clip of a Boston cop and he's talking to a fellow cop and he's just like, He's like, boy, he's, by the way, he has thick as fucking Boston, Boston accent. Boston. And uh, thankfully, I can do a pretty fucking good one. So he's like, oh, dude, I was down on the fucking parkway, and they were fucking getting in my way. So I fucking, I was just about to fucking run him over. And the cop is like, bro, shut the fuck up. He, like, covers his cam and is like, dude, sh- shut, what are you doing?
0: He's
1: <laughs> just like, what are you, I'm, And then he goes back to him, and he's just like, oh, I mean, I, I didn't mean. I was actually I gonna fucking run him run over. <laughs> I just meant like, I thought about it, you know?
0: <laughs> there was a minute. I gripped no, I- You he
2: so he fucked up.
0: Yeah. White knuckled the wheel for a second there, but I, I didn't do it, you know? <laughs> uh, I could have fucking ran those cocksuckers over, but I didn't, all right, Larry? Get off my fucking back. I could have. Oh, man. That's, yeah. That's found
2: the car. I'm have Avid yard, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's very fucking Boston. Very much so. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and we have those things for a reason because these people are given very, very high powers. It, it, I, and people don't like saying this because they feel like it alienates police officers. But I don't have a problem calling them like privileged citizens because they have rights and powers adjudicated to them that we will never have. And they are able to do things to people that we will never be able to do regardless of the circumstances. So um, and I, I do think that like if they are going to exist, which I know is a whole nother conversation. But, you know, just continuing on the conversation we were having, there has to be extremely stringent requirements and there has to be an extremely high standard. And if that means that we fire cops all the time that suck. okay. if that's what it takes, you know,
2: to go into the libertarian vein there a little bit, like I I kind of, to your point, you're it's the state granting an individual, like the right of life and death in certain situations over the citizens.
0: Oh yeah. Not
2: that that that's their main job, obviously to like kill their own citizens, but like that power is legally given to them.
0: Yeah. And, and and very loose circumstances.
2: and and the militarization of police has only, you know, increased in the last 20 years.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And, that,
1: well, cause, and it's also like our military is just, it's like fucking Santa's Christmas sack, and it's just overflowing with fucking armored vehicles and and <laughs> oh, ARs, and they're just like, well, I guess we'll give these to the police. Here you go. Here's $100 for an armored vehicle from fucking... the the army or some shit. It's like, why, why, why does a small police force in fucking Missouri need a fucking APC to bolt that last through a fucking wall and take people down? It's like, all right.
0: I I went to school in like a really small town outside of Houston. I say really small, you know, it was a decent size, but it wasn't huge by any means. Like you, you pretty much knew everybody. It was a good community sized town. And uh, I remember when they bought that they bought this bomb proof APC with like a mounted gun on the top of it and everything. And I was like, we had a wife shoot her husband with a shotgun and like one kid brought a gun to school and like shot himself in the leg trying to show it off to his buddies. And that's like the worst things that have happened in that entire town. So, like, what do you need? This bomb proof armored vehicle like, oh, my God, he's jaywalking. You know, like, (laughs) what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, what are you, policing Fallujah? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> Didn't oh, South,
0: Park literally, South Park literally
2: did an episode like that this year, in the, like the pandemic special, where, like, the cops, like, were doing everyone else's jobs. Like, they were doing the teacher's jobs. And they're like, Like, we got a runner! And he was like, <laughs> yeah. We got him! And they, like, They, they always shoot. Like, like, got his token. Like,
0: yeah. token. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, so good. Or or when he was outside playing in the snow. Yeah, like, yeah. Drop like, the snowball. <laughs> <orders>. <laughs> yeah. We got a winner.
2: <laughs> oh man. That was a
0: <laughs> great fucking special, by the way. If anybody hasn't seen it. Yes, but yeah. this is live, by the way, for you in the comments. Thanks. But um great special. Amazing. I love that show.
1: Oh yeah. Fantastic. And then yeah, more on like the APC, and then from like the cops' perspective, it's like, well, Daddy Sam just gave me an armored vehicle, and now I have a chance to use it. I'm gonna (laughs) fucking use it. Like, (laughs) like, all right, yeah. Give a six-year-old a fucking gun, he might shoot it. Like,
2: I got this door knocker down for nothing. I gotta knock some doors down. Yeah.
0: I did knock. I hit it with the battering ram. You know? (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. Okay. No knock warrants.
1: God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. And fucking red flag laws.
0: Don't even get me started on no knocks. Houston issued those a while back, and it's been nothing but total disasters. We've had like eight people killed unjustly in no knock warrants. Because lo and behold, people in Texas have guns in their houses. And when you knock down their doors. crazy. Yeah. When, when when you knock down their uh, fucking yeah. door, there
2: be no Brianna Taylor story.
1: Yeah, also, it. yeah, and they don't knock your door down at three in the afternoon. They pick two thirty a.m. Yeah. right yeah. as you're fucking. Like who the fuck do it. you
2: think is coming into your house without yeah. a knock at that hour? Daddy Popo, come to make a visit. <laughs> don't shoot. Or you'll it, die. It, you it, might die too. It's it. kind of mind though. Like that, I, I feel like that's like only in America type shit. Like, uh, oh yeah. Unless you're in like an authoritarian state somewhere. Like, where the fuck mm-hmm. else does that happen?
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, land of the free, right? You know?
0: Yeah. So Lyle, they did wind up ditching no knocks, but that was after eight people died unjustly in no knock raids, trying Jeez. to defend. Them. And so they were like, "Oh man, we've had this for three years and." eight people have died that we've turned out and nobody got fired. Nobody lost their jobs. Nobody got put on retirement with paid leave or whatever, you know, <laughs> it was uh, it was just like, Oh, well guess they shouldn't have pulled the gun on the cops. And yeah, but okay. So I, yeah, we, we went on a super far tangent and trust me, I could talk about this literally all night. I have a, we'll call it a burning passion for law enforcement. We'll, we'll put it that way, but kind of as bringing we switch this
1: topics. Can I take a pee break?
0: Uh, sure. Yeah. pee break. Does anybody else need a pee break? Or? Yeah. I might all as well. right. Here, okay. I'll catch up on comments. Will you guys do a pee break?
1: On um, the all here and fucking eye, you quark sucker. And I'm back. <laughs>
0: You're you're not from <sighs> Boston though, right? You're you're from like I'm like from thirty minutes
1: outside of Boston, but my parents are like, ain't from Boston. Like my mother Bostonians. can't pronounce most oh, of yeah. her R's.
0: Yeah. What so. the
2: fuck, Brian? <laughs> Fucking Labor Day!
0: <laughs> 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 all right. So now that we had our pee break, everybody's got their drinks. We're all good. Yep. Okay. Bringing this kind of, we're going to go all the way back to where we started, which got us on this crazy train. And uh, we're looking at 2020 moving forward. Uh, So I kind of want to throw some ideas of things that people are talking about at you guys. We'll just kind of let them bounce off of you. See what you guys think. Uh, If it leads to some conversation, we can go down that way. Um, Not nearly as structured as the beginning of this was. Uh, It'll be more of a conversation. So uh, a lot of people are talking about a well, I'll just call it a conspiracy because that would be pretty much what it is at this point, that Biden is just a placeholder and that he will be removed so that we can have Kamala Harris as president uh, shortly after Sometime, You know, we'll say within a year of him becoming president. What do you guys think about that?
1: 100%. Because it's like, what is the reasoning that the DNC would feel that Biden is their best pick out of the, this, a lot of semi-okay picks? At least non fucking senile picks that they had. Okay, like, so
0: yeah. well, let's not go too far off topic. But I'm curious. I, right. I got. I feel like I got to probe you a little bit more on this. No, no, no. You're fine. I just kind of want to make sure we stay kind of focused. But who who do you think would have been a better field, like as far as getting the votes than a Biden Harris ticket? Do you think Bernie would have done better, or Elizabeth Warren, or
1: I think there's a chance Bernie could, although he's very divisive in the sense that he's a socialist and i feel like his momentum has kind of puttered out since the 2016 election where he actually had a chance to be a viable primary candidate um
2: yeah he looked good in 2020 for a while and then super tuesday happened and then it was all downhill from there yeah because he was i think the polls were showing too like honestly biden looked finished like early on after like iowa new hampshire but uh, to get to get back to your point, though, uh, I think there's a lot of people in the higher-ups that, like, they're satisfied with what Biden's been able to do. He got the dub, and we'll see how far that goes. Like, if they think he's politically useful, they're going to keep him going, same way Republicans did with Trump. And as soon as, like, that becomes unfeasible or they think he's just, like, a lame duck or, you know, not getting the job done. I'll probably pivot to Kamala, but I'm, I'm not really convinced Kamala is a great unifier either. Like she, she didn't win a single stay in the primaries and like, she's got problems with both the left and the right. Like, I don't, I'm not so sure where they're going to go from there with her, but.
0: She has a garbage track record. I, I, I think just in the amount of frequency of the garbage and how short of a time span, it looks worse than Biden. Because, you know, you can you can pick some, some times where Biden was really shitty. And it's like over, you know, how many how many years was he in, in politics again? Like, like 40 probably
2: plus since the mid 80s, at least.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, so like 70s even. Yeah. 40 plus years, you know, and we can cherry pick like, OK, he did this that we don't like in this. And it's like Kamala Harris has a significantly shorter political career. With many, many, many more things that you can say, okay, this is bad and this is bad. (laughs) So I agree. I don't think she would be a unifying force, but, um, I'm curious, Brian, like what makes you think since I guess I'm not saying it won't happen, but I don't see it being like a, a, what makes you feel like other than Joe Biden bad, like that, that would be like a smart move from the Democrats perspective.
1: From basically removing Biden and putting Kamala in. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah,
0: basically, yeah.
1: You know, as as we kind of discussed it right now, I feel like maybe it isn't the best move for the Democrats. Because like, what is what is Biden not willing to do for these people? Because it seems like he's just ready to capitulate and do whatever his masters want, essentially, you know?
2: It's your sweat dream.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think it's I think it's less less why why will Biden be removed? It's more so will there be something he's he doesn't decide to do for them and then they remove him.
2: Could I jump you know? in on that? Yeah, go for um, it, man. I was gonna say it's kind of that point too. I feel like there are people in government like the Mitt Romney's and the Joe Mansions that like will be more than okay with the Biden presidency and will use that as an opportunity to be like, hey, look at me, I reached across the aisle, I got a few things done, and you know they can pat themselves on the back, even if it doesn't really help anyone. And I feel like the performative elements of politics are gonna be very strong the next four years, not that they weren't the last four, but that's gonna be something going forward where I wonder if we'll see cracks in like the powers that be in the, the coalitions, like the Schumers, the Pelosi's, Ah, uh, the McConnell's like whether or not their power is going to start waning, and we'll see new factions forming. Whether it's the Squad or like the Dan Crenshaws of the Republican Party, you know that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So this is kind of like I think this is a unpopular opinion, depending on who I talk to, or a very popular opinion. But I I definitely see the Squad as being the the left's I almost a reactionary movement, but it's definitely their populist movement. It, it's uh,
2: similar to the Tea Party. Not that I would say that they have traits that they share with the Tea Party. Yeah. But more so in the sense that it's a further from the center insurgency in the party that's vying for the power.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I it, think
2: I think the squad will be more successful than the Tea Party ultimately.
0: I I think so too because I do think that they they have a lot easier of a sell to a lot of people. Um, there's and, and who's
1: the squad compromise of?
0: I don't remember every... Squad,
2: se- squad's like AOC, um, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, and Ayanna Pressley.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a hell of, of... It's a hell of a name, honestly. Squad, like... Got yeah got me that's interested squad. based off... Yeah, squad.
0: You can thank <laughs> Twitter for that.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah. it's gonna grow, too,
0: because I feel like it's...
2: It's like a gen- generalistic term they give to, like, New progressives coming in and uh there's Jamal Bowman from New York, he's gonna be a new progressive. Uh and I'm trying to think of some other ones. Like Ro Connor is almost like an honorary member from California as a representative. Like people that were in the Bernie wing of the party, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. So a very uh new generational democratic kind of sub yeah. unit. Almost
2: almost the new left, like I feel like I see on Twitter a lot people are distinguishing between liberal and leftist. Like liberal is almost a derogatory term to refer to the milquetoast centrists now, and like (laughs) you know that kind of
0: thing. See, it's funny because liberal used to be the compliment and leftist used to be the insult. You know, I mean, it's the Cold War
2: has been over for a while, so it's
0: interesting interesting to see that Overton window kind of move a little bit every year. It's
2: shifting. It's shifting.
0: Uh, so, I mean, while we're on the topic of the squad, uh, pulling for power, I mean, I, I feel like you would probably be the most qualified person here as far as like knowing the more of the characteristics of the squad in general. What do you, what do you, th- what, what is your personal opinion on them going forward? Like what is a worst case scenario? Us winding up with a bunch of Schumers and Pelosi's or us winding up with a whole bunch of squads in power?
2: sure because i feel like the future is probably going to be a mix either way uh some of the people that have been in politics for like 40 years like pelosi like that influence isn't just going to disappear overnight uh but i feel like the squad is trying to take the democratic party in a more positive direction back to their roots less you know, less big money in politics, um, you know, actually listening to the needs of your constituency and trying to address them rather than going to you know, a a giant wealthy donor like uh when AOC beat uh her opponent, I think it was Joseph Crowley or something like that, he was a Pelosi backed however many years, probably like eight eight time in, times in a row in something like that. Um she won against that political machine and won, so that demonstrates that there is genuine progressive grassroots ability uh to win you know congressional seats and potentially even senate races and and there's been some of that in the Republican party too in terms of the grassroots movements I think and to me I think like money in politics is an almost universally corrosive element, so i to me, I don't want to see the Schumer's and the Pelosi's be the ones running the party for the next decade or so. So I'm I'm hoping they'll either become the dominant influence in the party, or at least get you know the Pelosi's, the Schumer's, the Bidens to you know move in the right direction on certain issues.
1: Yeah, I would I would personally rather see the the Schumer's and Pelosi's and Bidens move on. Like you've had your time. You had your chance to make your changes. Let someone else at least have a chance. Although I may not like the outcome of the AOCs and the other squad members, I would at least rather see another human being have a chance to make an impact, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. I think a lot of, you know, um, term limits go either way, depending on who you're talking to and what their particular strategy is with politics, but, uh, you know, it's something I've talked about for a long time is a way to drain the swamp without having to vote someone in for however long to drain it. It just drains itself. Um, but I, you know, I, I have reservations about the squad. I'll be completely honest. Um, I have a lot of apprehensions with, uh, some of the ideas that they've talked about. Like we'll just talk about the the elephant in the room, like the green new deal, you know, there's, there's there's some incredible challenges there that would make or break the country you know i mean like that i feel like that's not in i don't think that's i think i feel like i'm being pretty objective when i say that like that something like that like we're talking big 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 things we haven't seen a politician bring up something to that scale of reform like it makes medicare for all look like a little like little little side dish to the the grand bah of you know we have like the, the reconstruction basically, you know? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I do think though, like, you know, and I think the words grassroots kind of touches on what I was saying. I still kind of lean towards just by the way that they grow in their rhetoric. They remind me a lot of old school populist movements, which isn't necessarily derogatory. It's just another political strategy. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, I, I, I feel like that they will continue to build in power and their numbers will grow and they may never take over the democratic party, but they will always be a thorn in everybody's side that isn't with them. Um, Whether, whether you're Pelosi or Schumer or just some moderate in between, they will always be there to be like, Hey, we need X, Y, Z program that we believe is, The next step or whatever uh and so i think they'll be pretty big if there was ever a group to say like biden isn't cutting it in the democratic party i feel like they would probably be the ones to come out and say something about it because that would probably be a popular sentiment to their voting base particularly that's
2: i think that's going to be interesting to see like how local they get um, I don't know if you've been following this at all. Uh have you heard of Jimmy Dore? Mm-hmm. He's a comedian. He has like a talk show now. like pretty he's a pretty far left guy and he he con he frequently advocates for things like let's split from the Democrats and form a third party. Uh and more and more recently he's been uh actually he's been doing this thing with like Justin Jackson. Do you know him on the Chargers?
0: Uh no. I don't know that name.
2: I forget what position he is, but he's a he's a player on the Chargers in the NFL, and, like, he's a pretty outspoken leftist guy, like I see on Twitter, and he, like, had him on his podcast, and they were, like, basically calling out uh, the squad and other members of Congress to force a vote for Medicare for All and challenge Pelosi's leadership, and they were basically saying, like, oh, if Pelosi doesn't force us to a vote, don't even vote for her as the next uh speaker of the house. And I'm a little conflicted on like those types of approaches, like the insurgency within the own party type thing. Like I'm not sure the efficacy behind them. Uh but I think that's inter that's gonna be really interesting to see going forward because AOC was kind of resistant to that idea, like constantly bashing against, you know, the centers that are steering the direction of the party right now. Uh so I think as we go into the Biden presidency, that's gonna be interesting to see uh, you know,
0: the kind of tug of war that goes on. And Justin yeah, it,
1: Jackson is the running back, by the way. I just looked it up.
0: Yeah. If you, know if you don't mind me commenting on that real quick, Brian, and then I'll let you yeah, take go the for wheel. It. I think, uh, I think you, you bring up a good point there, but I I'm curious, you know, as someone from outside of the democratic party, I see AOC as a person who's built herself on the shock and awe, really a lot of it. Uh, she's the Twitter clip politician. And again, it's a strategy. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily yeah. or inherently. I, it's just you what I see. Get the down. Yeah, exactly. It's just what I see. And so whenever you take away Donald Trump, you'll still have a Republican-controlled Senate, probably until the midterms, maybe even past that. There's a definite scenario where that's the case as well, just because of the way the Senate works. But uh, I, I, I do wonder how much... Of that is going to get redirected inwards, whether it's in a constructive manner or not, because she does kind of have all of them. But her especially being, you know, the figurehead of the squad has this spotlight on her of like the one who shakes things up. And uh, I wonder if that pressure will lead her down the path of, you know, contesting within the party. Um, And, you know, and even for someone outside the party, if you want your party to grow, there has to be friction. Uh, You can't just have the same people running the show for forever. It's going to be the same. Uh, So whether or not they unseat Pelosi, if just from a Democratic position, if they Democratic Party position, if they move her even slightly further to the left, that's a huge W because she's been, you know, Yeah. I mean, that's. I, I
2: could argue. I think you could argue that's already happened to some degree. Not maybe not in a meaningful sense, but. Yeah. Certainly, I mean, she feels sensitive to the need to like pander to that coalition at least.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I think probably the if I was to speculate, the next goal would probably be to take that even a step further. But uh, yeah. sorry, I'll let you go, Brian.
1: No, no, it's all good. Um, yeah, I liked, I liked everything you said. Uh, I guess as far as the parties and the the friction within it and the challenging of the status quo. I I hope that it pushes people to look past the two party system and realize that if your party isn't serving you, it's not necessarily that you have to change your party. You could create your own and move past it. Whether or not there's enough voters out there to actually support it and get it going in a somewhat timely manner, that's a that's a whole other story but as far as i think i think in the climate today how politically engaged the american people are i think it's far more than it's been in a long time you know
2: i respond to that real quick actually yeah yeah go
0: for it man open forum
2: um so yeah i think you raise a really interesting point that people need to get beyond the, the binary party system that we have now personally i'm very pessimistic about the idea of you know functionally starting a third party and getting that off the ground and actually you know creating a wedge in american politics just because we have like the first pass the fo- uh, first pass the post type of system where the winner takes all in its district um but what i will say i think is starting to happen and i i sincerely hope continues in the right direction is that more and more Americans will stop caring about your party affiliation. Like, whether you have a D or an R next to your name probably shouldn't matter as much as it does to people, but you have all sorts of presuppositions you prescribe to people as soon as you hear that label, depending on who you are. And that is the media environment that we live in, where you you get your MSNBC, you get your Fox News, you get your Breitbart, your, what, you name it. Like, people crave those ideological comforts, if you will. And I'm hoping people will become more inquisitive and try to move away from that type of thinking. And you might actually start to see in future elections, hopefully, people shifting away from just voting based on party loyalty. So I I don't know if that can happen, especially in the digital age, but I'm, I'm hoping with the myriad of information out there, people will hopefully, you know, Get a little
1: better informed, but that could just be wishful. Thinking.
0: Yeah, one thousand yeah, percent. I, yeah, I without philosophizing too much. Sorry, I'll let you. I just want to s- real quick. Um, I I have I talked a lot about it, just this uh the natural drive towards tribalism that we as human beings have. And it's something that I'm convinced, you know, it's like the, the return to monkey meme. Uh, it, it's something that's so hardwired in us that I don't know if we can really expect. And I don't want to come off as like, oh, I am the enlightened one or something. But I, I feel like you can't expect everybody to be, you know, uh, cognizant enough to understand, yeah, like, why tribalism is bad. But, uh, you know,
1: it's an uphill battle.
0: for Yeah. Sure. That's basically all I wanted to say about that is this I I definitely think it would be better if we could just remove the party system in general and if we could just have a discussion about ideas. I think that would be much more productive. But uh you know it, even if we did that it would be the the for health insurance and the against health insurancers. You know they wouldn't they wouldn't make their parties, they would just make their positional factions. So
2: cuz there's some strength to like creating a one, a coalition within one party like Reagan I would say probably pioneered that in the 20th century. Yeah. Although like there were there's always been like party realignments like the the like the New Deal obviously in the uh, early 20th century was a huge realignment there and that, can, that had repercussions going through the 60s and Reagan was able to combine like the Christian wing the fiscal conservatives the libertarianism elements of the party and you know create a very strong and very loyal coalition and i think the democrats have kind of struggled to counter that type of coalition uh going forward but at the same time it seems like lately trends in terms of population have been trending away from republicans too
0: yeah i'd say that's fair
1: yeah definitely the older generations i feel like are what's stuck on or what what keeps the republican party afloat you know boomers yeah boomers <laughs> but uh yeah
0: well what's the yeah, boomer like saying? republican what it, it, well, what's the boomer saying uh you're a liberal oh, until a well no it's like you're uh, a liberal <laughs> it, it, they they said my dad used to say this. He's a he's everyone's not a,
2: a liberal until they grow up or
0: yeah everyone's like a liberal until they're smart enough to be a conservative or whatever it is you know some some dumb stuff like that. It's like oh when you get older and wiser you'll understand why Republicans are uh, right you know confirmation
2: so bias
0: Woo. yeah
1: until <laughs> so you're smart enough to realize they're both fucked.
0: Yeah, exactly. Secret options I feel like that's
2: what we need, though, is people need to understand, like, there kind of is legitimate reasons people, like, believe certain things from the get-go, like, why they fall into different camps ideologically, and then go from there and see, like, what can you agree on, what can you disagree on? And, you know, like, in a perfect world, that's where you'd start, but it's far from it.
0: I believe... One thing that I I don't think I've really talked about much because I've kind of been avoiding politics lately because it's just a cesspit. But one thing that I've I've definitely tried to convey to people is that I really don't believe that there's anybody out there just like rubbing their hands like I can't wait to steal everybody's money or I can't wait to block all the Mexicans out. Like, okay, there are people there is someone somewhere who's doing that. All right. You can find them. I'm sure they exist. There's millions of people in this country, but the overwhelming majority of people who take the positions that could be associated with that are not that they are concerned with job security or the security of their communities or all these other things. And, and they believe that this is one way to help that, or they are concerned with the state of the poor in America. And they believe that universal health insurance is the easiest way to help get those people insured. None of these people are coming at this from the perspective of, that their opponents portray them as it's all straw men. And I don't, it's not productive. I just wanted to throw that out there. None of the conversations that are being had are productive. Nobody's actually talking about why anybody believes what they believe. They just say whatever the easiest position is to tear down for your opponent. And it's frustrating, honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even just at the federal level. Like for instance, living in Alaska lately, they just had a re-election of governors, and it was Al Gross and Dan Sullivan. And none of the ads that were run were like, Dan Sullivan stands for this. Al Gross stands for this. It was but because I had to see them like four times a fucking day. Because anytime you'd watch YouTube in Alaska, you'd get fucking face-raped with a fucking Al Gross ad. <laughs> But it'd be like Al Gross owns a two point three million dollar mansion in California. You don't want some fucking Californian running Alaska, right? <laughs> and then it was like it was like Dan Sullivan fucking licked Trump's balls one time. You don't want some Trumpy fucking running your state, right? And it was like, bro, just shut the fuck both of you. Like that if I'm neither saying... of you can <laughs> Sorry if I'm neither if right? neither of you can make a point that just like directly says your message is over this guy's shut the fuck up like i don't understand
2: dude like that i sadly like i kind of brought up my optimistic hope for the future about like americans looking beyond party loyalty etc but like the truth is in this day and age like divisiveness works you know tribalism works getting people to see the other person as the enemy and overlook their own faults and weaknesses and their arguments is hundred percent easier to do than to actually, you know, create a, and a strong man argument as opposed to like attacking the strong. And yeah, every, and that, and I feel like, I think I've alluded to this several times already with the digital age. Like you already had that metamorphosis happening with talk radio and, like the uh I think it was during the Bush senior administration they got rid of the fairness doctrine in media, and that's kind of what opened Pandora's box to like partisan political commentary on cable news, and that's just a rabbit hole that's continued to this day, and now we're in an age where fucking Facebook is like, Oh, you saw one q and r article here's fucking twenty more like let's dig you a little bit deeper like people <laughs> people are almost ideologically engineered to fucking fall for those traps. so that's what I'm very pessimistic about in terms of the future of our country. People don't know how to not fall into those traps, regardless of what side of the political spectrum you're on.
0: Yeah. I I think that's, you know, you know, I, I used to be a real shitter. I'm not going to lie. I used to be a real shitter. I used to like just, ah, uh, you're such a stupid liberal cuck. Okay. I would have never said that, but I would have, you know, straw and beat people down. And it took a long feels, time,
2: you know, like what's up and now I got, like it feels good. Like I got a zinger, but yeah, does it really? No. It, yeah. Cause
0: that, that's kind of what I was about to say is like, whenever I kind of shifted from being this hyper political constitutionalist to kind of moving away from that was like, none of what I'm doing is productive for anybody. It's not helping my position. It's not helping their position. It's not like, if I genuinely think someone's wrong, the worst thing I've said this too many times to people, the worst thing you can do. If you want to convince someone that their position is wrong and yours is right is to insult them. That is the absolute worst thing you can do. And what is the first thing? Like just go to Twitter Post a controversial comment, a uh, post. You will get someone Shit every day. Yeah, some one person, at minimum, will call you uh, like whatever explic explicative term you want to throw that isn't a bandable offense on Twitter. <laughs> you will get called it. <laughs> and um I, I hate to feel like I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. You know, like we're preaching to the choir, but it's just something that I feel like is, is almost the more too
2: small, though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's something that's so important to me. And I feel like it's it's on us, really, though. And I feel like it's so easy to, like, dip your toe into the dark side to get frustrated with people. I mean, like, oh, you're just an idiot. You'd never understand, you know, especially. The thing is you can throw You can throw
2: money into that mix, too. Like the grift is fucking lucrative for a lot of people. It is like and that that just, you know reinforces
0: itself very true yeah i mean just look uh, that's so true i mean look at like influencer personalities like how do most oh, of yeah. them
2: yeah it's, it's not exclusive to politics either
0: but... yeah yeah how, how do they blow up controversy you know they say something or do something inflammatory what when logan paul recorded yeah, that one the thing... guy he, he <laughs> recorded suicide that force yeah shit. suicide force his channel fucking exploded you know i mean yep. Like oh I did a bad let me apologize on YouTube and rake in this fucking money you
1: know oh yeah have you seen what his brother Jake has done recently
0: no I, like, I don't follow to them to Conor McGregor or well
1: not only not only that but uh, so he did the shit talk to Conor McGregor called his wife a <laughs> four and by the uh, by the way I'll be honest like the way he rattles off his insults within the shit talking is like he rehearsed it. Oh, he did, but, like, he really, like, it's like he's, it, it's very, it's well done, the shit talk, I'll be honest. And it's coming from some fucking YouTuber talking to an actual du- double belt holder in the UFC. The only person ever. But, anyways, he uh, he also rolled up in a pickup to, do you guys know Brendan Schaub? Yeah. Yeah, so Brendan Schaub has a show called Below the Belt, Or no, not below the belt, but food truck diaries where he takes a fighter to a food truck and essentially they go to some food truck in L.A. And they they discuss like how what their career is going on, maybe their next fight or whatever, what fight they just had, yada, yada, eat the food, whatever. So they're standing on the side of the street waiting to get their food from this food food truck and like shooting the show. And like Jake Paul rolls up in a pickup with water balloons and like wet paper towel and i forget the guy's name it was like dan dan something but i regardless they like start whipping water balloons at him and throwing wet paper towel like you're a fucking pussy and he's just like yeah yeah and he fucking runs up to the truck and then they speed off before he can fucking catch it (laughs) but it's like that clip fucking blows up on twitter like everybody fucking wants to see controversy
0: yeah who's which one's fighting mayweather Logan. Logan, okay. I think
1: that's his older brother.
0: Yeah, Logan. Jake's, yeah, Jake's And then the Jake older. Jake Paul's
2: supposed to play fucking, yeah. Oh, okay, Logan's, yeah. yep, Logan's the one who knocked out... Uh, Nate Robinson. The dunk, Nate Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Nate Robinson.
1: Which I think, I don't think Logan's a bad dude. I think Logan's like, he, with the Troubled Suicide the Force kid. thing, that was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like through time, it's kind of like, he's like... Eh. Tried to I think, normalize I think they're, like,
2: both borderline sociopaths, but, like, Logan seems like a slightly better dude, whereas Jake's just, like, a little fucking middle school incarnate that wants to fucking just push people's buttons and shit.
1: Well, yeah, because, like, Logan reacted to Jake's thing, and he was like, what the fuck is wrong with my brother, bro? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, why would you do that? Like, you're not gonna be Conor McGregor, bro.
2: Like... <laughs> we'll either we'll either watch his ass get knocked out, or we'll see the greatest sports upset ever. So
0: listen, I'm not yeah. I'm not paying pay per view to watch and fucking any of the polls. Oh, I'll
2: watch it on I'll watch it on Reddit. You know exactly.
0: <laughs> I, I will I will 100% pirate that though once it's over. <laughs> yeah, because
1: um, yeah, I wasted my fucking money on McGregor and Mayweather, and that was, uh, that was f-
2: disappointing as fuck.
1: Yeah. It's like fucking watching ballet with boxing gloves on.
0: That was just
1: dancing around.
0: I mean, it's just I feel like every Mayweather hype or fight that he's done in the last like fucking four years. No longer. When I was in high school, it was Mayweather versus uh, Pacquiao and that fight was garbage too. And it was so hype. Everybody was like, God, Pacquiao is going to come back and he's going to beat the crap out of Mayweather. And it was just a bunch of people tickling each other.
2: Pacquiao's not like a knockout boxer though. So like if you're like a student of the sport, maybe you'd enjoy it, but like
1: Yeah, and then that's like that's exactly what Mayweather's made his money off of is touching you and then not getting touched for round after round. He's like, oh, it's like it's not entertaining.
2: (laughs) Your nose is right there? Okay. Come on. Stay that close.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Pacquiao didn't have as much reach, so he couldn't fucking touch him.
0: He's got good hands though, he's got fast hands. I wouldn't yeah. want to catch him. That's for damn sure. But.
1: Yeah, no, I'm good on that.
0: I'm just, you know, since we've gotten to the sports commentary portion of this podcast. You can't read, but. Um,
1: okay, 50 he... Cent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you oh, can read man. two pages out of this Dr. Zeus book. <laughs> I'll pay $30,000 to a charity of your choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forgot about like, What a about funny
1: that. fucking challenge.
2: Respond to that.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, this is Christian coming at you in post. Actually, on vacation at the moment. So, sorry if the audio quality is a little rough. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening to part one of this episode. Part two will be coming out uh, either tomorrow uh, or the day after. I just have to finish editing it a little bit and then it should be good to go. But if you haven't yet, make sure you check out the Facebook page. Our YouTube is also available, so go over there and give it a subscribe. And uh, if you are following the Facebook page, consider joining the community group to stay further in contact with me and look at any polls or any supplemental information that comes out for the show. Thanks again, and see you guys in part two.